Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is episode 251. And we're talking Dark Cloud for the PlayStation 2. And this was a game I was actually pretty interested in playing for quite a while. And uh, I know some of you were pretty excited about this episode as well. So consider this your warning. I don't really like this game. I've been posting about this playthrough quite a bit on my social media. And I see the comments from the fans that are disappointed. So just... If you don't like hearing me poo-poo on games you love, you might not like this episode of the show. And listen, for the record, I don't think, like, I don't go scorched earth on this game or anything like that. I think I'm tough, but I'm fair. There are aspects of Dark Cloud that I really like, particularly the city building and the rogue aspect of the dungeons. I'm a fan of that. But, but the combat, some of the ridiculous fucking systems like the thirst and the weapon damage, I think the, the, the customization of your weapons is a a little too much and just a whole lot of it just grinded my gears to the nubs fuck me i think i said it in the episode but dark cloud reminds me of the meme of the guy riding the bike and then reaching down and putting the stick in his own spokes and crashing every time that game started to hook me it sabotaged itself somehow it fucking made me insane but but that makes for, in my opinion, a great podcast. And this one is special. We've been doing the sponsored episodes for some time now, but during my 24-hour charity stream last year for Extra Life, 
we were raising money for the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton, uh, I had an auction where the highest bid would make a donation of that bid amount to Extra Life and to the Stollery Children's Hospital, and they would get to be my guest on the show. They'd pick the game, they'd be my guest for the whole episode, and four individuals actually all donated $1,000 each to the Stollery here in Edmonton for a chance to pick a game and come on the show, which is fucking incredibly generous and just awesome. So even if Dark Cloud was the worst game I ever played in my life, which it wasn't, uh, it was all for a great cause. So this is the first of those four episodes, and my guest this week is Captain N, longtime member of the community, and as you can tell by his generosity, pretty good dude. He, uh, he had originally picked the PS1 game Brave Fencer Musashi for his episode, but I could not... For the fucking life of me get it to work on anything and like my my ps classic has bit the big o unfortunately and stuff like that and a physical copy was just a little out of my price range so dark cloud was his backup pick we had a great chat about it and frankly i think we made chicken salad out of chicken poop and we'll get to all that in just a minute because speaking of trying to make something out of a bunch of shit it's time for another edition of the remember the game infamous intro If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard and consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun. And I'm almost guaranteed to say something stupid in every single one. So if you like shit, hang around for these. Uh, but seriously, though, if you do want to skip it, go about 30 minutes up the road and you'll be into the talk about Dark Cloud. I have to get my plugs out of the way. It's how we keep the bills on around here. We have merchandise. There's hoodies. There's t-shirts. There's coffee mugs. There's posters. All kinds of stuff. Rocking incredible art. It was all designed by my man Joe from 4545creative.com. And you can find our merch at rememberthegamepodcast.com if you're interested. It's a great way to support the little show. And of course, if you don't like clothes, I get it. You can always just support us on Patreon because subscriptions are dirt cheap. They start at $2 days for the month. And you can get yourself up to four additional podcasts in a week every second monday we drop purple monkey dishwasher our simpsons podcast hosted by myself and mark McHugh, where we review episodes and it's actually gone over really people are really enjoying it and we are too so that's awesome uh every tuesday i drop the rambling idiot where i talk about my comedy career tv movies sports whatever's on my mind every friday it's game patch which is my modern gaming news show where i talk about the biggest stories in modern games new releases sales picks etc and expansion pass goes live every thursday and that's a different gaming show every week we do rankings we look back at characters consoles genres there's comedy episodes there's a fucking ton of spoiler free modern video game reviews uh this past week on expansion pass i actually compared ea sports pga tour to 2k's pga 2k 23 i love golf games and these are two of the best simulation golf titles that i've played since the tiger woods era they're both awesome but I don't think you need to buy both. So on this episode, I try to help those of you on the fence to make up your mind and figure out which of these games is where your your green fees are best invested. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak peek of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, PGA 2K23 versus EA Sports PGA Tour. The Bay Harbor Butcher wrote in and said, as someone who likes everybody's golf, which one would I prefer? Is swinging with the stick on EA as bad as people say? And is a three-button click a viable option if the stick swing is no good? I don't think the stick swing is bad on either one. Quite frankly, the stick swing is a little bit... I had more problems with the stick swing on PGA 2K than I did EA Sports. And neither one was bad. I'm going to get into more details about that in a second. But I found it worked for the most part very well in both. It's a learning curve. It is a steep learning curve. 
It is expecting you to suck at first and learn to read greens. And like, you can't just like anyone that's played one of those more arcadey golf games, you're, you're just going right for the pin on the green every time. And you're tapping the button to give it back spin or top spin or to lock it in or hook it to the left or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I like those games too. I play those games. They're a lot of fun. I like those games. You can't do that in this game, but either of these games, they're, ex- I mean, you can kind of do it with the a sports, but you shouldn't. They're they're expecting you to like read the green, and if you're still 150 yards out and you're going for the green, it's not going to be easy to stick it within three feet. So that's now available in our archives. And this week it was expansion pass 100, or it will be, I guess, expansion pass 164. And our topic was in the hands of our listeners. And Adam's highs and lows from 250 episodes of Remember the Game dominated the poll. So. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look back at the last five years of this podcast and share some memories and some stories from specific episodes and some behind the scenes peaks, as it were. And uh, yeah, if you're a longtime fan of the show, I think it'll probably hit you right in the old nostalgia weenie. So again, subscriptions start at $2 a month to get new shows every week, instant access to hundreds of ad-free archive bonus podcasts you can download right onto your phone and listen to wherever you want. Plus, access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon poll every month, the ability to submit comments to be read on all of our shows. You can DM with me, and you even get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our newest patrons, Nathan Thunder, Mindful Pig, Van Conig, Johnny Flores Jr., Morgan McDonald, Waylon Hilker, Condi85, Cody Flowers, Brian Clark, King Vidiot, and George Doomhammer Dominguez. That is a fucking sweet name. I wish my middle name was Doomhammer. Ah, I'm not going to tell you what my middle name was, but I wish it was Doom. It is not Doomhammer. I can fucking promise you that. Thank you all so much for the support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all of that at patreon.com slash remember the game. And do not forget to wrap up all my pitches. 5% of our Patreon income is getting donated to the Stollery Children's Hospital as part of my 24-hour stream at the end of the year. And we offer annual subscriptions that'll save you your 12th month's fees you pay for the year up front. Boom. You're done. Whole year of Remember the Game. So check that out. And finally, you can find me over on Twitch, twitch.tv slash remember the game, just whenever I have time to get over there. Uh, Going to try to sneak in some NBA Jam streams this week. That's probably going to be next week's episode. And I haven't played a lot of NBA Jam, so I think it'll make for a fun streaming experience. So that's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment Blowing in the Cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. Let's blow our first blower this week is Daft Belgia, who said, Adam, quick yes or no question. Can I play Zelda Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom without ever playing a Zelda game before? Will I be confused because of no previous knowledge of them? Uh, no. You will not, da- or no, you won't be confused. Yes, you can play them, Daft. Just in case anyone's wondering, for the vast majority of Zelda games, they kind of are like Final Fantasy or... I I don't know what's uh, what's I don't know one of those other series like they're not they're not um there's no con- there's there's minimal continuity you don't need to know anything you, there's a couple exceptions there's a couple that are s- kind of sequels I would probably recommend playing Breath of the Wild before you play Tears of the Kingdom 
Um, because Tears of the Kingdom does follow up on Breath of the Wild, same engine. Tears is expanded, so expanded. So uh, it'd be hard, I think, to go back to Breath of the Wild after Tears. But you can, I will warn you, they're very different from basically every other Zelda game. You can play them without, you can jump in any Zelda game you want and be okay. But Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom are a lot different than most other Zelda games. So just be aware of that. But yeah, feel free to jump in, Daft. You'll be just fine. And because I keep getting asked what I think of Tears of the Kingdom, so far so good. I've only put about 20 hours into it. I've been playing fucking Dark Cloud so much, but I will be reviewing it on Expansion Pass. I'm hoping to finish Tears of the Kingdom before Final Fantasy 16 drops in a, what, three weeks, four weeks? So uh, when I'm done it, I'll review it. But so far so good. Uh, Vegan Zombie 87 said, as it gets closer to your playthrough of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, do you feel more nervous, more sick inside, more, oh my god, please, 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 don't let this game be shit, my god, please, let it be better than Metal Gear Solid 2, which it is. I can't wait to hear this episode, especially after the trailer for the remake, whether you hate it or not, I genuinely think it's going to be one of the best you've done. No pressure. P.S. Shoot the frogs, tranquilize the bosses, and make sure to eat only the best food. I only eat the best food. Uh, yeah, it is time. If you don't know, I'll get to it when I talk about what I'm playing. Last night, actually, as I record this on Tuesday afternoon, I hooked up my PlayStation 2 Slim and put in Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. And I'm playing it for the very first time in my life to get ready for an episode of Remember the Game. Uh, I only played about an hour or so yesterday. And... Uh, it was 30 minutes. It was literally the first time I saved my gameplay was just over 30 minutes. And all I'd done was watch cutscenes and get a backpack down from a tree. And I was like, here we go. And if you don't know, I fucking hate Metal Gear Solid 2. You can hear that episode in the archives. I like Metal Gear Solid 1 enough. I can't stand Metal Gear Solid 2. And it just turned me off the series. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous about this one. All I've done so far that. Yeah, so I did that. And then there's like two bad guys. I, I drowned trying to cross the first area of the game and then i realized i have to go faster i got across there and then the first two bad guys have caught me like five times and i'm playing it on easy so i'm not good at these games i find them frustrating as all hell stealth games make me crazy but i definitely see the uh, improvements to this over metal gear solid 2 the story intrigues me which is not something i could say about metal gear solid 1 or 2 and uh trust me i'm not writing it off i intend to play through this game i might have to use a walkthrough because i'm not very good and I miss my radar, but I'll definitely stick with it. So that's coming in the next few weeks. Your your precious Metal Gear Solid 3 episode that people have been asking for for so damn long. But I guess to answer your question, um, yeah, it's mostly nerves because I'm not going to, I'm, I'm, I'm never going to bullshit. I'm going to tell you what I think. And I just, I hope I like it. Everyone says it's great. I, I think worst case, Metal Gear Solid 3 is going to be one of those games that I don't like, but I see the greatness of worst case best case i love it but worst case there's no way i can sit here and say it's bad i can say it's not uh something i enjoy but i i can't say it's bad it just seems like a very uh very well-made piece of video game hardware software whatever uh the archmage says hey adam hope you're doing well if you were to take two of your favorite games or franchises from different genres and swap the main characters around what kind of monstrosity would you have i would end up making a batman arkham verse rpg maybe it handles like dragon age inquisition where you get four heroes and it's tactical with how you manage your team and leveling up so i thought about this one for a little while and like obviously mario is my favorite franchise but I, like he's been in everything he's fucking done everything i can't even put him into like an XCOM game because that exists now so i drop mario uh from the equation and i actually think i'm gonna go i'm gonna mix the last of us with XCOM or fire emblem one of the like a tactical game 
So you'd go around in the Last of Us universe, control like Joel and Ellie and Abby and friends. Uh, but then you have to like sneak around and avoid the clickers and take out enemies and and stuff. I think that I think a tactical dude Gears Tactics was awesome, and that makes me think Last of Us Tactics would be even better. So I'm gonna go with Last of Us Tactics. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Van Conig wrote in and said, Adam, what is your most anticipated indie and AAA video game for what's left of 2023? Also, can you think of a new game that you would like to see announced? Uh, th- those are pretty easy. I, assuming they don't... So easily, my most anticipated indie game is Hollow Knight Silk Song. Now that was supposed to drop in the first half of 2023 and then Team Cherry delayed it, but they haven't confirmed if it's delayed out of this year. They're just not going to hit the first half of this year. So I'm going to hold out hope that we're going to get Hollow Knight Silk Song later this year. Easily my most anticipated indie game. And my most anticipated AAA game is almost certainly Spider-Man 2. Um, if Final Fantasy VII Rebirth squeaks into this year, which I don't think it's going to. I think if it was going to, we would have known by now. If Final Fantasy VII Rebirth squeaks into this year, that might take its place. But I love Venom, I love Spider-Man, and I love Miles Morales, and I am so fucking hyped for Spider-Man 2. That, that's easily my most anticipated, probably just game period. And then, uh, can you think of a new game that you would like to see announced? Now that we know a AAA Ninja Turtles game is coming at some point, I think it would probably... I mean, like, Hail Mary would be a new Mario, a new Donkey Kong, or a new Jack and Daxter, but realistic semi-realistic i'm hoping xbox hits us with gear six at their showcase in a couple weeks yeah so that would yeah that's a good answer thank you van conning thank you uh amanda hug and kiss wrote in and said long time commenter first time listener doesn't make sense uh what is the most you've ever seemed to differ on opinion for a game episode as in the community seemed to love it but you thought it sucked or vice versa um Probably either Sonic Adventure 2 or Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And I would I would say Sonic Adventure 2 because I didn't think Castlevania Symphony of the Night sucked. I just thought it was something that needed to... It'd be like, it's, it's hard to play all these modern Metroidvanias that I love so much and then go back to the grandfather of all of them. So it's not so much that I thought it sucked as I thought it was dated. Whereas Sonic Adventure 2, I just fucking hate that game. I hate the Knuckles levels, the Tails levels, the Eggman levels, the 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 whatever her name is, the Bat levels. I like the Sonic and Shadow levels and they're only like a fucking quarter of the game. I, I hated it. And so many people, I took a lot of shit over that. And I know some of you are thinking like Ocarina of Tim or Majora's Mask. But I get a lot of comments from people that also hate Majora's Mask. You guys make me feel better. I'm not alone in my disdain for Majora's Mask. So whereas I seem to be pretty well alone on an island by myself with my disdain of, of Sonic Adventure 2. So I'll, I'll go Sonic Adventure 2. I think that's probably the biggest one. Uh, Tucker Davis said, hey, Adam, loved the Gears podcast. Even went and re-downloaded it to play it again. Thank you. I was wondering, what's your thoughts on Gears of War Judgment? It's my second favorite in the series. The way you could change the difficulty by changing what you told the judge, and it was a focus on Baird for once. Anyway, keep up the awesome work. Uh, Thank you, Tucker. I'm glad you enjoyed the episode. I don't remember a lot of Gears Judgment. I remember not loving it. I do like Baird, but I remember not loving that game. I don't know if I ever fit. I don't have any real memories of it. I'm positive I played it a little bit, but I don't, 
I would say indifference. I, I like all the other ones. Gears 4 is a little meh, but I like all the other ones. I don't really have any opinions. I'll have to play Judgment. I would like to play through the rest of the Gears series over the next couple years now. Definitely before Gears 6 eventually comes out. Uh, and Gears Judgment will be part of that. And then I'll give you a more definitive answer. But yeah, as of now, like if I was to do a Gears ranking right now, I think I'd have to just, uh, I'd have to, uh, <laughs> I was going to say I have to abstinence of Gears Judgment, but I don't think that's the right word. Abstain? Abstain? I'd, abstain? I'd have to, I'd have to skip Judgment. I don't remember enough about it. Uh, Bryce Larson said, pretty sure I've never used my three years of Patreon credentials. I'm blowing in the cartridge yet. So I, or credit, pardon me. It's cred. So I assume credit, uh, speaking street. Bryce said, I'm pretty sure I've never used my three years of Patreon cred. I'm blowing in the cartridge yet. So I'm just going to say this. So you don't write off dark cloud two because of its dog shit predecessor. Dark cloud one equals Bart the general dark cloud two equals last exit to Springfield. Please, dear God. Don't write off one of the best PS2 games because one of the worst launch games on the same console. I've had a bunch of people reach out to me and say Dark Cloud 2 is, is the bee's knees. They're like, you know, you don't like Dark Cloud 1, play Dark Cloud 2. Um, for what it's worth, I'm not officially writing off Dark Cloud 2, but it's gonna it's gonna pay for Dark Cloud 1 sins. It's not gonna get a screen on my screen in front of me anytime soon. For what it's Metal Gear Solid 2 came out what? early 2000s and it took 20 years for me to finally get over my disdain of that game to finally play metal gear solid 3 i'm not saying it's going to take 20 years for me to get around to dark cloud 2 maybe someday but it's the wounds need to close a little bit before i move on to dark cloud 2 but it's not i wouldn't put it in like the it's never got a chance category because so many of you have gone to bat for it so and then finally before we move on it's letter time it's letter time eddie mendez Rodin has said, you know how you always say if you could go back and tell your younger self something, you tell him to keep all his old games and stuff? Do you think that still applies to these this generation's consoles and accessories? I have a PSVR that I haven't used in years, and I want to sell it since it's just collecting dust. But I don't know if I should keep it for the future. It didn't sell very many units. I think 5 million in 2020? Yeah, I think they ended up selling about 10 million PSVRs altogether, Eddie. That's a great question. So... We all know that, like, if you could go back to the 80s and 90s and keep your, your Nintendo, your Super Nintendo, your Genesis, your Saturns, whatever's in the box, in, you know, cleaned up nice and pretty, you could buy a house with them now. I, and that's a great question. Will that be the case today? I don't think it'll be the case with successful consoles. Your, your PS4 is never going to be worth a ton of money. Your PS3, unless it's one of the old heavy backwards compatible PS3s, probably never going to be worth a ton of money. Your Wii is, is practically worthless. You know, because they were successful consoles. They sold, a, there's a billion of them out there. But I, I, if I, like, personally, I've sold a lot of my old consoles and I almost always end up regretting it. Unless you need the money or you need the space for some reason, I would say, like, if you're not sure, I would keep those. Like, again, your fucking PS4, get rid of it. It's, those are never going to be worth a ton of, maybe like a collector's edition one, maybe, but a general PS4, there's a hundred some million of them out there. Those aren't ever going to be worth anything. But, like a PSVR, uh, maybe. I mean, like, dude, look at the Wii U. We all, I loved the Wii U, but we all made fun of the Wii U back then. Wii U's aren't cheap these days because there's not a ton of them out there. The PlayStation Vita, those aren't cheap these days because there's not a ton of them out there. So if you've got something like that, a PSVR, dude, if you have a PS Vita TV or whatever the fuck it was called, that thing is worth like a car now. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd get rid of it. Unless, again, if you need the money or, you, you know, it's taking up space, sure. But if you're like, ah... I just don't want to look at it anymore and I could get 200 bucks for it or whatever they're worth. 
I, I would keep it because you never know. Uh, that said, like it is old VR tech. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about VR to know if there's, you know, we're all guessing, right? If I knew the answers, I wouldn't have gotten rid of all my shit when I was a kid. But I, yeah, if you don't, they, basically that'd be my rule for any video game. If you don't need the cash and it's not taking up too much space, I would just hold on to it. I, I sold my collection a while back and I regret it. So I, I would, that's all I would say in general. I, I don't know if it'll ever be worth as much as like a fucking, you know, I don't know, like a, what's worth lots from back in the day now, like a fucking, I, I'm drawing a complete blank on something that's worth a lot of money from back in the day. Yeah, I guess sealed the fucking earthbounders. There we go. There we go. I don't know if it'll ever be worth something like that, but it's, I would, you know, like say you get $300 for it now, I'd hold on to it. Because what if something is worth a couple grand? It's like a collector's item. And if it's not, then you sell it for $300. I, I wouldn't sell it unless you're hurt. If you're hurting for the money, don't bank on the investment. Fucking get rid of it. You know, buy groceries. But otherwise, yeah, I'd hold on to it. So that's an interesting question. I'm interested to see what 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 that's out now will be worth something in, in 20 years, 30 years. That's fascinating to me. Anyway, we need to move on. Thank you so much for all the submissions, as always. If you didn't know, I get to more blowing in the cartridge questions on the Rambling Idiot every week. Over on Patreon, uh, we have a, a segment called Left Blowvers, and I take another half a dozen blowing in the... Because I get so many now, and I feel bad not answering all of them. I take another half a dozen and throw them into Left Blowvers and answer them over on Rambling Idiot every week as well. But let's change things up. It's time for our Smash Hit segment, the official game show of Remember the Game Industries. It is Play One, Remake One, Erase One. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our patrons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. <laughs> and as always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get there in just a minute. This week, since we're talking Dark Cloud, I went with three PS2 RPG heavyweights. You got Kingdom Hearts, Suikoden 3, I, I know I said it wrong, and Dragon Quest 8. And 29% said they played Dragon Quest, Remake Kingdom Hearts, and Erase Suikoden 3. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Joseph Roselli wrote in and said, Play Dragon Quest. Even dated, the art style is charming, and turd-based style combat doesn't need improving. Remake Kingdom Hearts. The first handled poorly, and the combat was dull, so to have it more fluent like the second one would be a big help, even if the nonsense train wreck story can't be saved. And then Erase Suikoden, because I never played it, so fuck it. Them's be the rules. That's just some solid fucking logic all the way around, Joseph. I may not agree with what uh, your order, but I have no qualms with anything you just said. Well done. Well done, my friend. Thank you for obeying the rules. Cody Flowers said, play Kingdom Hearts because that's my favorite series ever. Remake Dragon Quest because I never played it. It looks fun. And erase Suikoden because I never cared for it. I will say we had people writing in... Um, about all three of these series. And the one they'd erased, they're like, ah, I just never really cared for it. Like, it, it's fascinating to me. I don't know. Suikoden is, um, I don't know. Suikoden's a tricky one. Because I know a lot of people love it, but I, I'm I'm in the camp of, like, respect, but from a distance. I just don't get it. I tried playing Suikoden 2 before anyone asked me, well, like, you know, because I get asked sometimes about that one. Uh, seems like a cool game. I just was overwhelmed by it. And I could see how it would it would turn it's like the story the or the, the the party management. I could see how they they're not for I understand how they're not for everybody. So all right, two for two. Good answers. Uh, Adam Blank is a dank. Mark McHugh is a skank. 
said play Kingdom Hearts because it still holds up extremely well today and I fucking love that series. Remake Suikoden just because and erase Dragon Quest because there's plenty of others to choose from. And that is the thing. There are like what? I think 11 Dragon Quest games plus the Builders games and stuff. I can get on board with that. That makes, I can see, I can see it. I wouldn't erase Dragon Quest, but I get it. Uh, Dougie, Dougie Fresh wrote and said, oh, tits, this is a good one. I'll actually play. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad I got the fresh seal of approval. I'll play Dragon Quest Eight simply because I haven't played it already and I've heard good things. I'll remake Kingdom Hearts as it's one of my favorite series, but could use the benefit of a solid spit shine and polish for the current gen systems and reworking those controls. Sweet in three, get the fuck out of here. I've tried playing the series before. I can never get attached when there's 60 playable characters to keep track of. Erase it. That's what turned me off too, was all the playable. I was like, I can't. Final Fantasy VI is a great game. We're going to be revisiting that in the next few months. But even that, the party's almost too big for me. Suikoden, I'm terrified of. There's just too many. Uh, let's, give me two party members. I'm fine. Give me, a, give me a tank and a healer. And then a dragoon for, for, uh, for seasoning. And I'm fine. And Shaw someone said, This is interesting indeed because I've only played one out of three here. So without question, I'll play Kingdom Hearts. I love the franchise and I love this game. I've replayed it so many times, I'll never grow tired of it. I'll remake Suikoden 3. I've never played any of them, but after looking at some gameplay footage, color me intrigued. And I'll erase, Dra I'll erase Dragon Quest 8 because truth be told, I've never found any interest in any of the Dragon Quest games and they just don't seem appealing to me in the least bit. Touche. I, you know, the only Dragon Quest game I've played is the original Dragon Warrior on the NES. And I love that game. I love, something about the simplicity of it turns me on. I don't know. One person in a party. You see how it's done? One person in the party. Uh, I was torn this week, uh, but eventually I decided myself to go with 18% of you, including current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, who said, okay, so I've only ever played one of these. I'm going to play Dragon Quest. I'm going to remake Suikoden, but I could care less about those two. The sole purpose for me to play this week is to erase Kingdom Hearts. All the hate is deserved. Adam, you're making the right choice by ignoring this game. Now, I, I, I want to set the record straight because... It's been a few weeks, a few months, whatever, since I explained my stance on Kingdom Hearts, so I figured this was a great chance to kill two birds with one heart. Uh, I'm going to play Dragon Quest VIII because, frankly, it's the only one of the three I'm very interested in playing. I'm going to remake Suikoden 3 because Kingdom Hearts fans, you have like 500 games. There's Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, 2.1, 1.2, 2.7 Lite, Extreme, Diet, Kingdom Hearts. You have all these fucking games. Suikoden fans have been out in the cold for a long time, and now they're finally getting remakes of 1 and 2. Let's just remake the third, throw them up bone they get their whole trilogy and i'm gonna erase kingdom hearts because i'm never going to play it and i get asked a lot why i don't love rpgs i don't like disney and i know how insanely rabidly passionate the kingdom hearts fan base is and i don't think i'm gonna like it and i don't want to come on here and just shit on a game that everybody loves after sonic adventure 2 i was like that wasn't even fun the amount of negative feedback i got even though all i was doing was voicing opinions and I'm not going to do that to Kingdom Hearts. So for that reason, you can... And people try to make sales pitches to me all the time. You're you're trying to convince a vegetarian that a hamburger is delicious. I'm just... I'm never going to touch that franchise. I just... That is a bee's nest that I am never going to kick. So I'm sorry to those of you that love Kingdom Hearts. I'm doing it out of respect. I'm not going to shit on your series. So I'm going to race Kingdom Hearts because I'm never going to play it anyway. Thank you, everyone, for listening as always. Let me tell you what I've been playing over the last week, and then we'll get into Dark Cloud. We'll do all that in just a moment after we pause for me to drink some water and we hear a quick word from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly... 
I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash remember the game. Okay, what have I been playing over the last week? Uh, I, I was playing a ton of Dark Cloud. I played Dark Cloud like a fucking Dark Cloud, like a fiend until Friday afternoon. So I'm done with that now. Uh, I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom. It's pretty good. I'm going to start NBA Jam this week. Pretty excited about that. I'm still playing WW2K23. I really like that game. And then, yeah, I started Metal Gear Solid 3 yesterday. I already explained to you guys how that's going. I'll have a lot more to say about that in a couple weeks when it's done. But that's basically all that's... On my screen this week, let's talk Dark Cloud. That's why you kids are here. As always, I like to give you nerds a chance to sound off about the game we're talking about before my guests and I hog the microphones. So let's rip through some comments. Elephant Calves said, I loved this game so much. It was one of the first PS2 games that could actually keep me occupied longer than three or five days. Since you're done, I'll say you probably missed a whole game breaker of a glitch in the first town. That's all I'll say. It does get repetitive. So I'm sure you have words about that, as that aspect. Still looking forward to it. Good or bad overall opinion. You know what? You're on double secret probation, Elephant Cavs, for being too level-headed. You're supposed to come in here and be like, Adam, you're not supposed to shit on my favorite games. Come in and be like, I don't even care if you like it or not. I'm excited. That's fucking grow up. Double secret probation. Uh, ID Yellow said, I am unapologetically nostalgia blind for this game, but I feel it is such a fun mashup of Zelda action adventure with Animal Crossing town building. Granted, it doesn't do either as well as those respective franchises, but it feels like a fun and unique game to me all the same. I can accept that to many it may be repetitive and not efficiently executed, but you all can accept that la la la, I'm plugging my ears, I don't hear you and I don't care. This game will forever be a gem to me. I get it. I love Barbers of the Space Mutants and that game fucking sucks. So I, I get it. We all have one. Toki Vibes said, I have bugged Adam for around two years to play this game. It is one of my favorite memories from my childhood, from the chill music you just want to smoke a bowl and relax to, to the broken combat mechanics. I love this game. I cannot remember if I have beaten it, but either way, I have had a blast with this game. You probably haven't beaten it because there's a fucking level right at the end where you have to play as that useless pile of shit Goro that it Ooh, I can't wait to fucking light into that fucking... What a waste of jizz. Spencer Zatmary said, I played about half of this one and got kind of bored with it and the dungeons changing every time you enter them got me lost a lot. See, now I can understand getting bored with this game, but I love the random dungeons. That's actually my favorite part of this game is the random dungeons, but we'll, we'll get into that. And Carnooch said, I'm excited for this review. I enjoyed playing it. I've spoken with people throughout the years about older games and I bring this one up from time to time and a lot don't recall it. I'm excited to hear your review. Love it or hate it. Thanks, Adam, for all the hard work you do. Double secret probation. 
All right? You're not fucking coming in here and being like, it doesn't matter if you like it or not. That's just opinions, and everybody has one. That's too mature for Remember the Game, all right? After 250 episodes, I've got calloused skin. You're supposed to just come in and be like, Adam, if you don't like what I like, you're wrong. Go fuck yourself. That's the comments I'm used to. I actually don't get too many of those. They're just the loudest ones. Thank you, Carnage. Thank you to all of you for writing in. It's time to talk Dark Cloud. I know that's why you kids are here. I'm going to cue up some music. And when it stops, Captain N and I are finally going to take a look back at Dark Cloud for the PlayStation 2, which originally released in North America on May 29th, 2001. Holy fuck. That's like... Jesus Christ, it's May 30th as I'm recording that. That's like 22 years almost to the day. That's wild. Anyway, enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. Okay, everybody, as I have been, uh, oh, fuck, I'm rubbing my face. As I've been teasing on social media and in our Discord and just about everywhere else, we're talking, we're talking Dark Cloud this week, and I have a lot to say about this fucking game, as does my guest joining me via the blank phone this week to talk about Dark Cloud. It's Captain N, longtime member of the community, one of the moderators of our beloved Discord full of crap and all the other things we talk about over there. Captain N, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me today. And I'm I'm very happy to talk about this game you love so much. <laughs> oh, oh, buddy. I want to, okay, I'm sure I explained this during the intro, but just in case I didn't, I just want everybody to know, like, I, I, okay, I listen, I don't, I don't fuck, I don't like this game, but, but. There are aspects of this game that I really like. So I just want everyone to know, Angry Adam very well might make an appearance this week. There's been about 30 hours of my life put into this, and there's been some frustrating hours in that 30. But I, underneath all of the crap, there's a really cool idea for a game. So it's not like I'm just going to yell for an hour. Now, really quickly, Captain, before, before you explain why you wanted to talk about Dark Cloud, what was the original game you wanted to talk about? Oh, the original game was Brave Fence and Musashi. It's a Square Soft game back from the uh, late '90s, and it's a lot better than this game. It's it's just a fun little RPG where you play a blue-haired little protagonist and he runs around saving the world by say uh, getting some scrolls. Yeah, it looked it looked very uh, like. Not quite six because it was a PS1 game, so it wasn't quite like 16-bit Zelda, but it looked like top-down Zelda in a way. Like in a way, in a way. Just I think it's it's just it's so easy to compare all those action RPGs to to like link to the past and stuff like that at this point. Um and we really wanted to do that one. And I know some of you had mentioned you were excited about Brave Fetsu Musashi. I ran into so many issues trying to get that game on something that I could play. It's not available anywhere. I couldn't get the ROMs to work and to buy a physical copy. It was, uh, that's not a cheap. Do you have a physical copy? A Brave Fence Musashi? Yeah, I do. Yeah. The fuck? Is that like your retirement? Your yeah, retirement? Pretty much. Plan? I, I yeah. got a lot of uh, PS1 and PS2 RPGs. That I priced a collection out online. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of five grand. Dude, it's fucking wild. Some of those, I hear some of you that are at, like, there's a couple. That one comes up sometimes. Um, Skies of Arcadia comes up sometimes i think that's the one it's pretty fucking expensive too and uh fire emblem for the gamecube comes up 
And I'm like, I would love to, especially Fire Emblem, but I'm like, these are like fucking $300 video games. And I'm like, I'm, I am a, I'm a broke comedian. So, uh, so for Brave Fencing Musashi, I'm sorry that we couldn't make it work. But then, so then question B, Captain N, why Dark Cloud as a backup? Well, you seem so happy lately. I just wanted to kind of take that away from you. So fuck you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anyways, no, I, I played Dark Cloud when, uh, I first moved out of my house, uh, like out of my parents' house, and I bought my PS2, and it was the first game I bought for. And I have this like nostalgia love of this game. I never thought it was a great game, but it it's a good game. It has a good mechanic, a good core to it. Yeah. And when I was uh, picking the game after Brave Fence and Musashi, I this is the first game that kind of popped into my mind. So I thought it would be something that wouldn't piss you off as much as it did. But, you know, we've all seen the results. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny because I, okay, so at one point I was playing this and I was I was getting pretty frustrated. And again, we're going to get into all that. We'll explain the game and stuff like that. And I just Googled like Dark Cloud and I just was like, who, what does the world think of this fucking game? And dude, the amount of like Reddit threads that came up and stuff dedicated to Dark Cloud were very fascinating because... Not everybody, but the general consensus was people that grew up with it were like, I loved this game. And they're like, going back, they're like, it's it's not, it's very, nostalgia is a powerful drug. And they were like, it was seasoned heavily with the nostalgia. They're like, by today's standards, it's a little rough around the edges. Oh, but rough around the edges. Yes, but there are people out there that love this game. And I will fully admit, I have a physical, like I played this on my PS4 with PS, or pardon me, my PS5 uh, with PS Plus. I have a physical copy of Dark Cloud for the PS2 sitting here, though. I've wanted to play this game for some time because it usually shows up on lists of like the best PS2 games and stuff like that. Dark Cloud 2 comes in higher for the most part. Have you played Dark Cloud 2? No, I always told myself I wouldn't play Dark Cloud 2 till I finish this game, and I finally finished this game, so I'm probably going to start it pretty soon. Okay. I hear it's I hear it's better. Apparently they like it's what's the old saying? Like Dark Cloud walked so Dark Cloud 2 could run. Like that yeah. seems to be that seems to be the consensus. So, uh so I want to say like I I did want to play this going in. And so we're going to explain what the game is all about everything for those of you that haven't played it. But like when I first started playing it, I was like, "All right, all right, because it's got some roguelike tendons, like, you know, elements to it with the randomly generated dungeons and stuff. And I was like, I like that kind of stuff. And then it was like a bit of a puzzle when it came to building the cities. And again, we'll explain all this. And I was like, all right, I like puzzles and stuff like that. And like I was saying to you off air, dude, I think my issue with Dark Cloud was every time it really started to click with me and I would start to run, it would trip me because of some fucking in-game mechanic that would fuck with me. And it would just set me back to square one and I'd get so fucking angry again. And <laughs> fuck. So like, like I'm not like, listen, I know you like it more than me, but like, I'm not crazy. There are some frustrating things in this game. Like I'm not crazy. Right. Like there's, there's some shit in this game that fucks with you pretty hard. Yeah. And there's some stuff that, you know, you could do without. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Like just, the like thirst fucking is the Goro. one that gets me the most. Oh, yeah, Goro. <laughs> Just Goro? Uh, yeah, no, the thirst, yeah, the weapons, yeah. Okay, we'll explain. So, yeah, if you've never played it, basically, uh, do you want to, ex- okay, like, I don't know, we can spoil shit if you, uh, don't spoil the ending. Don't spoil the ending, because there might be people that go out and play it after this. 
But like, I think you understand the story better than me. So do you want to take a shot at giving people the lay of the land in this story? Because I can try, but I, I don't think I'm going to do as good a job as you are. But um, I can try. Yeah, the basic plot of the story is uh, Colonel Flagg releases this dark genie who's been sealed for 400 years. And the dark genie goes and he just starts destroying towns. But the fairy god or the fairy king called Simba uh, saves them all and uh, puts all these town pieces into these things called Atla, which you find inside of the dungeon. And then he gives to the main character Tone an Atla Milla, I think it's called. Yeah, I and think it is. then you have to go from town to town to town through all these dungeons, retrieving all the pieces and putting all the pieces of the town back together, the buildings, the people, the parts of the buildings, and then you have to organize the town afterwards. And you do yeah. that as you rebuild the towns, you collect characters and pieces until eventually you get closer to the Dark Heaven Castle, which is your last level, and the story really wraps up. I I would argue I would argue that the story basically starts on that last level. Yeah. Like this story, like you and I were talking about that off air too. The story, like the first 10 or 15 minutes, it's like, all right, so this colonel shows up, releases this genie, this genie destroys all these towns. And yeah, like basically like Captain then said, when the genie destroys these towns, the fairy god guy, fucking the fairy king, he, he traps all the individual pieces of the towns in these like bubbles that then gets sorted out through these dungeons. And it's literally like, imagine the town you live in right now, listener, or the city you live in right now. Imagine a giant pink dark genie destroyed it. And then every building, every tree, every piece of road, every river, every person, all got trapped in individual, bu all this stuff from in your house, all got trapped in individual bubbles. And then someone had to go into a dungeon and find it all. And then, and then come it. back out and then he had to talk to everybody who has lists of friggin' demands. Hey, I just built your yeah. fucking house. Yeah, ex yeah, fuck. And I'll, I'll get into that because that's something I... There's so much stuff about this game that I love and hate at the same fucking time. Um, but that is that is the basics of it. And then, yeah. But like what you and I were saying, as far as the story goes, like I would argue... So basically you go from like... You start the first town, you just have Tone, the main character, who somebody called the wish.com link. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, <laughs> frankly, a, dude, there is some clearly some Ocarina of Tim influence in this game. Yeah, like, it's uh, Zelda late. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. Uh, so you start out with just tone, and then every town you go to, somebody else joins you. And by the end of the game, you've got a party of, of six members that you can switch in and out of whenever you want. And then there's like one final level where you go and like fight the genie and do all that kind of stuff. But you and I were saying like, there's like little individual stories from town to town, like finding out what the town was like before it got destroyed and stuff. Yeah, but I would argue- Character stories and- but yeah. nothing main plotish until no. you get to the last level. Yeah, it's weird. Like the first 20 minutes of the game are like a story to explain what's happening. And then the last hour of the game is a story to wrap it up. And all through the middle, it's just, I, I was saying to you off air, it almost had a little bit of Octopath Traveler vibes where it was just like a bunch of random people. With the exception of at least they all have like one final, like the thing that always, not to get, not to talk Octopath Traveler, but because I did you play Octopath? I like that game. I think I played four characters into it and just kind of put it down. Okay. The combat was great, but the problem with Octopath Traveler was you had eight individual heroes that were just working together for no reason. Like at least in this game, these six heroes are like, "Well, we need to stop the Dark Genie." Like all our towns got destroyed by this Dark Genie. We got to go like at least it at least they had a common enemy, you know? But yeah. they you're right. Like I was really shocked that not that I not that it really matters to me, but like I was shocked that like between towns, they wouldn't go to like a cutscene every time with the dark genie or something. 
Yeah, you know throw what I mean? something like, in there. I mean, you said don't spoil the ending, which means you can't really talk about the plot because the plot is entirely in the end last level of the game. Yeah. And I and the only reason I don't want to talk about it, like I know, like when did this game come out? 2001. So it's a 22-year-old game. I get that. But like I always get messages from people that are like, oh, hey, now that I've listened to your show, I want to try this. And this is on PS Plus. And I frankly think like there's a there's a group of people out there that really like this game. So if it sounds good to you by the time we're done, you should try it. And like there is a bit of a I didn't see the twist coming um, when you first get to the final level. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, with, and uh, with the, I found the, the twist kind of um, made uh, one of the characters completely useless in the entirety of the story there, and just kind of like, well, well, you're dead now. Yeah, yeah. It was it odd? Uh, it I don't know. And that's like. So here's my thing with this game is I'm like, I can't figure out. I would argue the story isn't anything to write home about. I would argue the controls aren't that great. The puzzles are a cool concept, but they're kind of flawed in execution. It's very repetitive. The inventory system drives me crazy. Oh, it's very repetitive. So I'm like, I guess maybe that's part of my problem with this game is like, I don't. There's definitely some stuff I hate. And I think what keeps me from really liking this game is I'm like, I don't know if there is one aspect of the game I I really like. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I do, but I like the town building. Honestly, that if I had to pick anything out of this game that was done well, it'd be the building the town. And then, yes, I complained or bitched a little bit about talking to everybody who's ungrateful that you built their house their yeah. list of demands but it's kind of an interesting puzzle to put everything where it belongs and then you get the reward for doing it at the end yeah and i want to okay so let's talk about this so like basically this game is split into two halves and one half is the dungeon crawling and then the other half is building the town and well, let's talk about the town building part first so when you go into the dungeons you're you're collecting all like we said you're collecting these bubbles that have all the pieces of the town in them and then when you get back out of the dungeon you can um oh fuck what's it called what's that um G- Giorama? Is that what it's? Giorama uh, mode? Or something? Yeah, Giorama mode. Yeah, when you get out, you like, so like when you get into a new area, it's basically just an empty field with a dungeon beside it. And then every time you come back out to that empty field, you can go into your, into, into Giorama mode, which is like a separate inventory mode. And then you can see all of the pieces of the town you collected in the dungeon, all the trees, the roads, the, 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 the houses, the different buildings, the people that live in the buildings, like, uh, lamps and signs and sh- roofs and shit like that for the buildings. And you can actually place the buildings however you want, like a little Sim City ish where you can like turn them however you want and place them all within this grid. I-, I really liked that to start, but you're right. When you come out, every person that owns a town or, or a house or something tell like you have to talk to them and be like, Hey, what are you still missing from your house? So they'll tell you like, Oh, I need a lamp or I need a storage crate or whatever. But then they'll also give you, you can ask them for like a kind of a cryptic hint on the stuff they want to be near, the stuff they don't want to be near, the direction they want to face, things like that. And if you can put the town together and please everybody in their individual requests, which like I want to say, I never really thought of it until you said it, but you're right. They are a bunch of ungrateful sacks of shit that it's like, I just saved you. Who cares where you, your house could be on top of a fucking mountain. Shut the fuck up. You're not in a bubble anymore. Thank you. I'm going to leave now. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah, you ignorant fucks, but... (laughs) I get that there's like a cool puzzle aspect to it, but I, the thing I found frustrating about that puzzle aspect was like, I guess you could have had like a notepad beside you or something. I really think there should have been a way once you talk to a citizen in their house once and find out that they're like, Oh, I really want to be near the river. Uh, it would be really cool if you could bring up like a list of all the requests 
Yeah, that would have been a good idea, but seeing how the rest of this game was made, you can tell why it wasn't put in. Because they... Well, why? Why do you think... Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say. I I didn't want to... I was like, maybe there's like a clever reason. I was like, because they fucking (laughs) suck. But but do you know what I mean? Like, I, I started out trying to build all the individual cities exactly the right way, and then I just started getting frustrated with it because I was like, fuck, so what did he say he wants? He wants this. What did he say he wants? He wants this. And then it was like, so then every time I go to build the city, I need to run back to all these houses and find out what it is they wanted and what it is they want. And it gets bigger and more complex as you go on. And yeah, it was I just a really did the notepad. Oh, okay. I, I didn't. And I wish I had now because I do agree with you. I, I think that's probably my favorite part of this game as well. I love puzzles that dude. I frankly think that would make it that could play as its own standalone game. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, if they fixed up the actually getting the pieces of the town, I mean, it would make it a way better game. Yeah. And the dungeons were, uh, they weren't fun, honestly. No. Like, I remember them being really fun because they were randomly generated, but playing it again, they're just, it's by the numbers. Like, you go uh, from point A to point B, you find a thing to open the door, you get the uh, Atla, and then you just carry on to the next level and repeat. Yeah. And oh, oh fucky, buddy, fuck, I, I, oh fuck, I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on those fucking dungeons because that's where <laughs> that's where I start to get mad. I just on the note of the city building though, like it it's like I I'm not, I'm not like I don't play a lot of mobile games, but I'm like, dude, Dark Cloud Mobile, where you just have to like read hints and try to. It really is like I really love those logic puzzles. You know those puzzles where you have like oh, the yeah. grid with the circles and the X's and just like five clues you have to work your way back through. Yeah, and you just X everything out, and then you yeah. find the... Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I fucking love those puzzles. And not that not that building a city in this is anything like those puzzles, but like I love brain teasers, and I love it when you give me a few hints, like a few clues, and then I have to sit down and look at those four or five clues and come up with like nine answers out of them. I really like that system, but I just wish there was a way to, to look at the clues individually because... It can be frustrating when you're running around this fucking city trying to talk to everybody. And then what else drives me fucking crazy is like, so you put a house down and say, so like when you, when you put a house down in the map in this game, it's, it gives like each it's um for lack of a better term, it's like you have a bunch of index cards and they show like, this is the house. And then it has like five um, circles on that card. And each of those five circles holds something. Maybe two of them hold uh, an old man. And then the other one holds like a, a lovely wife. And then it's a, a lamp, and then it's a storage box, and then it's a, a roof, and maybe at least three of the. Uh, at least when you look at those cards, and it's a lamp or the roof or something like that, it's a silhouette of what you're looking for. Yes. So you kind of have a hint of what goes in there. Right. Yeah. No question. And I like that. But some of them are question marks, and you only can get the question mark turned into a shape or a silhouette of something once you talk to someone that lives in that house and ask them what they're still missing, which I also don't have a problem with. What I have a fucking problem with is I go to talk to, I'm like, fuck, okay, dude, I ran into one part in the desert level where I had all of the Alta things, all of the city parts, and all I had left was a lamp and I had one house with one question mark left. And I'm like, clearly you need a lamp. So I go into the house to talk to the person to say, hey, what do you need? So they'll tell me they need a lamp so I can give them my fucking lamp. They're not in their fucking house. So then I go out and I'm just looking for people walking around this giant desert. And I don't know who the fuck this person or what the fuck this person looks like. And I'm just walking around like an asshole, talking to people, trying to find out who it is that needs this fucking lamp. And it was like, if I need to talk to you to find out what you need for your fucking house, stay near your house. Did did that like, do you know what? Fuck, it made me so mad. Fuck, uh, dude. See, 
What I really wish with that is when you go, um, you look at from the top down view there, I wish it would actually like pinpoint where people were, give you their name. So that way, if you're looking for somebody, you could kind of move around the map and drop your character right by them. Yes. Yes. If it's like, oh, it's Joey Jojo's house. Show me where the fuck Joey Jojo is. And then I don't care. Go for a walk all you want. I get it. Your house sucks. I've been in your house. You don't even have a lamp. I get it. Like fucking go. But like, just show me where the fuck you are because like, and that's, and we're going to get more into this in the dungeon, but like that was where this game started to irritate me. Cause I was like, I like this city building mechanic, but then it was like, fuck, I'm just wasting time running around looking for a person to talk to that I can give a fucking lamp to. And it's just, there's so many little things where I'm like, I don't understand if it wasn't, I assume it was tested cause the game's not buggy or anything. It's, it's like the game works. So I'm like, how did you not think that some of these little things like the randomization in the dungeons, we're going to get there in a second. I'm in some ways more forgiving of that because that's the gimmick of the dungeon, right? Is that it's all yeah. random. And sometimes you're going to get lucky and have a great run. Sometimes you're going to have a bad run. I play roguelike. I can understand that. But this fucking city thing, I'm like, who wants to just run around this desert looking for a person? I don't know. I, uh, no, I, I'll it. forgive them for one thing. It's uh, the developer level five. This is their first game ever. So you know, they did some good job for you know being our first time ah they've learned obviously because they've made some great games since sure it oh fuck it just fucking made me or like in that very first fucking level uh you were watching me on stream and i was i was getting so fucking angry because i'm like <laughs> i clearly there's so in every of the in all of the, the the worlds where you get a new party member at some point you're gonna run into a level in the dungeon where you need a new ability from the new party member to get past it. And it's not a spoiler to say the first person that joins your team is this, uh, this, this, the small girl. And she's like Zhao. really agile and nimble. Yeah. How do you say it? Zhao or it's, I don't know. It's, I think it's, I looked it up online just to, uh, see how it was said. And I believe it was Zhao or Shao. All right. Zhao it is. I was going to say Xiao. I'm going to call her Xiao. So you need Xiao. And I can tell I'm like, Okay, so clearly there's nowhere else for me to go on this level. I can't get across this hole. There's a cliff in the middle, and they're saying that Cloud, or uh, not Cloud, um, I want to call him Cloud because the game is called Dark Cloud. Tone, the main character, <laughs> wish.com wish link. They're like, Tone can't make this jump. And I'm like, okay, so clearly I need this girl to join my team so that I can then make this jump, and I can't figure out how the fuck to make this girl join my team. And then it turns out like, oh, you have to go back out, talk to the other people that live in her house to complete everything in her house, to trigger an event, to go back into the house, to talk to the person that now the event is triggered to then get the thing to happen. And this is in like every city. And I was like, it just feels like busy work. I'm like, why do I have to do this? Fuck me. Because it always turns into me looking for somebody. Ah. I was watching you on stream that night. You taught my kids some new words. but Buddy. Uh I haven't been that mad on a stream in a long fucking time. <laughs> I was getting so fucking mad. Oh, I got I got real worried at that point. I was like, oh shit, he's gonna rage quit this game and I'm gonna have to pick something else again. Like uh, I'm out of ideas. No, I didn't wanna I really didn't want to rage quit it. Cause like I I knew this, like, listen, I, I I don't love this game, but I knew that there'd be a lot, there's a lot of meat on the bone in this game. There's a lot to talk about. And so I really didn't want to. I just uh, oh that fucking puzzle system. Fuck it makes me crazy. Um <laughs> I can't think of anything else as far as the city. Like a majority of the game is spent in the dungeons. The city building almost feels like a secondary. Yeah. Like I like like I played this game for about thirty hours, and I would guess five hours of that was spent building the city, probably less. 
The only like, thing, other thing I liked about the city is every time you uh, put something together or went back, treasure chests would show up all over the place, and it was like a fun little reward for mediocrity. It was, and like, and some of, dude, I didn't realize that at first that those. Well, I, I did realize it, but I thought all the treasure chests were just like crap, like just basic, like oh, here's some cheese for like forty health, here's a little bit of water. But then I started, especially toward the later levels especially when you're getting close to completing the later levels, I realize just how much of those treasure chests are like, oh, this is an item to raise the defense of one of your members. This is an item to, pre- uh, to give them more thirst, like more water. Uh, they're, yeah, like, to, gorge, they're, like, yeah, to grow their water meter. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, yeah, it it does. It did get to the point where uh, admittedly, yeah, I was excited running around the town. Every time I saw a treasure chest, I was like, I really should get going, but that could be a good item. And so I'm like, I have to, and I'm like, and the nice thing is unlike the fucking random treasure chests in the dungeon, I know that none of these treasure chests are going to try to fucking kill me. Yeah. And I know that no enemies are going to pop up and attack me. This is like, I can breathe up here and just run around and collect treasure chests. And dude, it's fucking incredible how many treasure chests show up in these villages. Yeah, They're it's everywhere. Insane. It's like, like oh. It's okay, uh, and you got it. Like you said, you got to get them because you get your upgrades there and getting those gourds is absolutely necessary to make some of the later levels when you get that... Uh, that uh, you go into the dungeon and the thirst level doubles and oh. it like just dehydrates you just almost instantaneously. That thirst, that okay, all right. You know what? Okay, here's what. Okay, that thirst meter fucking drives me crazy. Well, what, let's okay. So here, if, if you got um, so we we kind of touched on the story. We talked about the, the 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 building of the cities, which I do think maybe a flawed execution, but I I really do think that was the best part of the game was the rebuilding of the cities. Oh, that was uh, the best have, part for me. Yeah, no question. Before we dive into the dungeons, is there anything else you want to talk about outside of the dungeons and the and the combat mechanics and all that kind of stuff? Because that's the that's that's the those are the inside layers of this onion. No, this for as far thing. as it goes for the city building, I think we covered it all, and we can all get right. into the uh, meat and potatoes on this uh, shit. Oh, dish. it's it, no, no, fuck that! It's not meat and potatoes. <laughs> it is a fucking onion, my friend. And we are going to start peeling, and it is going to start to stink. I have a lot to say about these fucking dungeons. Uh, but before we get there, I am going to quickly take a drink of water and just make sure my will and everything is good in case I have a heart attack during this fucking half of the podcast. Uh, we're going to pause for a quick word from one of our sponsors. If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001, and a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac, and every 15 minutes on the clock, they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account, and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, Crash Plan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. Pfft. 
Crash Plan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses and offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. Crash Plan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. Crash Plan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year of Crash Plan. That's CrashPlan.com slash RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with Crash Plan. Okay, my will is up to date. Uh, Captain N, <laughs> let's get into these fucking dungeons, buddy. Where do we even... Uh... But you you call it where I want to talk about the weapon system. I want to talk about the thirst. I want to talk about the randomization. I want to talk about the enemies. I want to talk about the allies. I want to talk about all of it. You pick. Where do we start? What's on your well, mind? Start Go. with the basics, explaining the dungeon. I mean, you walk into the dungeons are all the same on any map. It just changes the skin around the dungeon. But you go inside, inside, you're going to find things like treasure chests. Uh, half of them are usually mimics that will attack you, which always fucking sucks. Uh, the treasure chest will give you upgrades, items, maps, eggs. It'll show you where all the treasure chests are. Then you have the Atla inside there that only Tone can open, which was kind of annoying because, you know, you're not always using Tone. Uh, you got like um, the little fountains or whatever. You could step inside to heal yourself and replenish your thirst without using an item up. Those things and were then, God tens. God yeah, then you got the back room where you get all the... Uh, special stuff but the enemies are usually ramped up on crack or something like that and they just yeah. tend to kill you a lot quicker yeah but but it's very basic and this is where it gets tedious is you do this over and over and over again it's a rinse and repeat so you go into the dungeon grab all the stuff kill the enemy that has the key to get to the next floor you go down to the next floor and then you repeat the process until you hit that roadblock where you need that character of that world or that city yeah, and it's fucking wild because some of these dungeons, like, they, like, it can be 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 levels deep. And, like, like Captain then said, for the most part, with the occasional exception, a vast majority of these levels are the exact same thing. Random layout, but you enter, and then you're just running around this map, and technically, technically, all you need to do to move on to the next floor is find the key. There's a key on every floor that's carried by one random enemy. And I don't know about you, my friend, but I had some levels where the first guy I killed had the key and it was like, oh, sick. But a vast majority, it seemed like it was one of the last two or three enemies I fucking killed. Oh, had yeah. the fucking and key. The Ugh. worst uh, is when you get to a point where you don't need to open every treasure chest again and you're running around, you kill all the enemies and the the key doesn't show up and you know one of the treasure chests is a mimic. So now you have to go open up all the treasure chests and they all yeah. turn out to be mimics. And then you have to kill one of them to find the fucking, it's so, so that's my first. Oh, so then, okay. And then because I know people are going to write in about it, like most of the time your goal, like you need to find the key to move on to the next level, but you also want to find all of the altas, which are those, the bubbles that have the pieces of the, the town in them. Yeah. And that's and, the only reason to stay in the dungeon after you find the key. Right. So like, I don't know about you, but uh, especially toward the end of the game, once I had all of my, like, once I had all of my altas and I had the key, I was like, I'm not wasting my precious weapon energy fighting you fucking stupid block every goddamn thing I do enemies. Yeah, I'm I was leaving. the same way. I was yeah. just run right to the uh, exit and then go to the next level. So yeah, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. So like, 
And again, like I love roguelikes and I play a lot of them and I understand the whole procedurally generated map. I like that. I like the randomization. I'm on board with all of that. I will say I don't love the idea that, and I'm curious what you think. I, I, so that's my first of Frank. I'll be honest, quite a few gripes with these dungeons. I don't like the idea that some random enemy has the key to get out. I just found that frankly on an easy level where I can one or two shot most of the enemies. It was more of just a nuisance. I don't know if I, I assume the reason they did that was to force you to grind, to level up your weapons because otherwise you're fucked at the end of the game, which I found out I was anyways. And I'll explain that later, but <laughs> it just, it, it, sometimes it was just, a, it just felt like it was like, it was busy work. Like it was just dude, like these, these fucking, some of these levels are quite big and you might have 25 enemies on this floor. And you're just running around fighting the same three or four enemies over and over and over again until you find the one that has the key to move on to the next level. So I, yeah, I, I'm enemies, curious what you thought. I hated it. I, I didn't like that system. Yeah, and the enemies are, um, once you figure them out, you just know who to use to kill them the quickest with the least amount of damage to you. And it just yeah. becomes, again, it's a more of the rinse and repeat formula that every floor uses. Yeah, and on, so, okay. So with that said, uh, that's the next thing I wanted to talk about was the, was the combat. Um, I wanted to love the combat in this game because I like third person action games for the most part. And I, listen, I, we're calling this the wish.com link is, is this tone kid. I have been notoriously hard on games like Ocarina of Tim and Majora's Mask because I don't love the control scheme. When I first started playing it, I'm like, all right, this plays, this is like PS2 Zelda. This plays, this plays pretty good. Let's, I gotta be honest with you, dude. The combat in this game ranges from okay to downright horrendous. Yeah, like it's it's very shallow and very boring, and it's slow too. Like when you swing your sword, you can't move. So yeah, if you have a flying enemy with tone at the beginning, there's these bats that come down, and they're like the most lethal enemy of the entire game because you stand there while they just hit you, and you're swinging your weapon at nothing. Yeah, dude, and oh my god, yes. Let me say that too. If you do decide to play this game after listening to this podcast. Uh, which I really would recommend people try it because I think there are people out there would really like it and I think there's people that wouldn't. I didn't, but I think some people really would. The first, that first dungeon is the hardest part of the game outside of the last dungeon and maybe part three where you get Goro. But the first dungeon, when you don't have any teammates, you just have Tone, you don't have a lot of supplies, you don't no have store. a lot of power to, what's the, yeah, no store to go buy, you just go talk to the mayor and get a couple of new items but you can't stock up and bring like a hundred items into the dungeon, which we're going to explain a little bit more later. So basically every second floor at tops, if not every floor, I'm leaving the dungeon to go back out to the fucking town to resupply everything. Cause I only have one character and he's not very good yet. And it's just the, the, the fucking, once you get, um, Exio, as I'm going to call her, and at least you have like a range shot. Now it's like, okay, at least she can take care of the bats. Tone can take care of everything else. And then as you start getting more characters, their attacks range from completely and utterly useless, Goro, to outstandingly <laughs> awesome, Ruby, uh, and everywhere else in between. But the first dungeon and the first, like, I don't know if I've ever played a game where I would argue the first level is one of the hardest levels in the game. And it's but only it, hard it because you have a shit weapon and no healing items, no way to get healing items. So no. Exactly. Like in future levels, and, and I, I promise we're going to get into the items and stuff in a second, but like in future levels, you've ac you have access to a store and you have a lot of money in this game most of the time. You can go into a into a, a dungeon with like a dozen healing items and a dozen weapon repair items and a dozen bottles of water 
and then you don't have to leave every second floor. You can go through three, four, five floors before you have to leave and go stock up. But the first one, you're fucking dying all the time. And it was just like, I was playing it. I'm like, dude, is this like, is this fucking Dark Souls on the PS2 or something? What the fuck is this? Because it just wrecks you. And yeah, it's so with the combat system, like all you really do. So you have six characters on your team and each character has a different attack. To start with Tone, the main character, he has a sword. He's he's Link. You can lock onto an enemy, but all Tone can really do is you mash attack and he'll swing his sword. But like 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 Captain had said, you can't move, you can't block while you're swinging, but the enemies can still kind of hit you sometimes. And it's just, it's not very, it feels very basic and kind of boring. Like it's just kind of- It is. It's just button mashing. Like it's not, there's no real, the only strategy to it is like you said, once you've got some teammates picking the, the member of your party that whose attack is the best bet for taking on that particular enemy. Um, And then once you figure that out, then it just becomes a rinse and repeat thing. Yeah. Near the end of the game, like you said, Ruby became completely useful and pretty much the only character I used because she was powerful and can hit from a range. So Yeah. Okay, let's okay. So let's go through the characters, and then we'll get back to like the the rest of the dungeons and the items and stuff. So, so you have Tone. He's the main character, and he swings his sword, and he's pretty powerful. Like he at the end of the game, he was my second most powerful character after Ruby, as far as yeah, attack. He go. was my most powerful character. He, I kind of stuck with him until I needed the range attack. Okay, um, like he, like you know, he you you have him right from the beginning of the game. So naturally, he's leveled up the most. He's you know is. His weapons have leveled up the most. He should be the most powerful member of your team. And then his ability, because all six members have an ability, his ability is he's the only one that can open those, the the alta, the bubbles with the parts of the town in them. And I want to just say too, dude, you you kind of touched on it earlier when you said that it was annoying. Um, it's really not the end of the world because I like Metroidvanias and I like that, you know, you have an ability and you're like, no, now I can do something I couldn't do before. It really does become a little bit of an irritation that you're like, fuck, here comes a gap. I got to switch to XAO so she can jump over the gap. Here comes smoke. I got to switch to Ungaga so we can clear the smoke. Like it just, it, you're, it feels like the only reason you're switching to most of these characters is to use them for like a split second to get past an obstacle. Minus tone, who you constantly have to switch back to to open these bubbles. Yeah. And that's why I kind of just stuck with them is because, you know, I, I wanted to open the Alta there and, yeah, constantly switching characters. Uh, it's not annoying to switch characters because you can hold down the select button; it'll bring up a wheel. But it's, uh, I wish you could just do it with like the L L yeah. R button there and just like pump through them real quick. It'd be a lot smoother, I think, for gameplay. Agreed. That's what I was thinking too. Was just let me just switch on the shoulder button, or, or yeah, just let me switch on a shoulder button, or like because there's no puzzle to it. It's not like you're gonna come up to a situation and be like, hmm. Which member of the party do I need to get through this? They're the exact same puzzles over and over again. It's obvious this is the one person you have to use. So either let me switch it with the triggers or don't even make me switch. Like if I go up to a gap with Toen and I know I need Xeo to jump over this gap, like she's always with me, just automatic, like just let me jump over it with her, like do it automatically and then switch me back to, you know what I mean? Like all you're doing is making me pause for the sake of pausing. And you know, it's just, it's just an irritation. So yeah, it's just tedious. Yeah, so that's it didn't tone. break the game though. No, it didn't break it or anything. It's frankly, dude, like it's it does a great job of giving these puzzles in the city building stuff. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more emphasis on puzzles in the dungeons. Like, let me figure out like how do I use my character's abilities to get past something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As opposed to just the most it is like, dude, if people are talking about how Tears of the Kingdom has these great puzzles, this is literally the polar opposite. 
<laughs> this is this is this is like half a step above. Oh, there's the there's the Goro button. Better switch to Goro to push that button. You know what and I mean? Like it's two it, times. Oh, okay. So let's fit. Oh, fuck. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about that fucking asshole. Okay. So Exio is the next person you get. She's the little cat lady and her ability is she can jump across holes that Toen can't jump across. Um, I actually, the only problem I had with her off the hop was she has a ranged attack. She has a slingshot, which is fucking great when those bats have been sodomizing you for fucking a dungeon. But the problem is that her attacks do like no damage until you get lucky and find, because uh, that's the other thing. A lot of the weapons you get in this game, you get lucky and find them in treasure chests. And if you find a good slingshot for her early, like I found a good slingshot for her fairly quickly. And then I found I was using her more than Toen because she could keep a distance from the enemies I was fighting. But yeah, if you don't, if you don't find a good slingshot, attack. yeah, she's useless with unless you get some uh, get some strength on her. That's all. yeah. And but it was still good to have that range attack for the bats and all that stuff early on in the game. But she becomes pretty much useless once you get uh, Ruby later on in the game, yeah. and then you only switch to her either if you're running low on thirst or you have to jump that gap. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's her. She's got a slingshot. She can do damage. And then in fuck me in level three, you get Goro. Guro, Goro, <laughs> guys, if you think I hate Mallow, if you think I hate Big the Cat, if you think I hate Kate Sith or whatever the fuck that thing's name is for Pop Fantasy 7, Goro is if you, if all three of them came in a dish and you microwaved it for 20 minutes, Goro is what came out. The most useless piece of shit that I've ever seen in my entire life. He's supposed to be... This like big, strong tree dwelling caveman that swings a giant hammer. And when I first got him, I was like, fucking A. He's probably a slower swing, but he probably does more damage than Toen. Nay, nay. He does less damage than Toen, but he's slower than Toen. And his only ability is occasionally you'll find big buttons on the ground that he needs to hit with his mallet. And like you said, Captain, and you always miss it the first time. What a useless piece of shit. He, there's nothing good about him. It's like they literally designed a character that they wanted you to hate. I, and they fucking succeeded. I have never, and I'll tell you, bro, in the third level where you get Goro, one of the things with this game that is a little bit frustrating to me is in the, in whatever town you get a new character in your team, there's going to be a level in that temple where you have to play as them and you can't swap to your teammates. And it's frustrating because when you get a new member on your team, they're usually not very powerful. Their weapons aren't that good. And it's frustrating because the enemies, in my opinion, don't downscale to compensate for your character being weak. No, they, they stay right up the level of your main character. And yeah. You're sitting there trying to grind with a guy who swings a hammer so slow he gets hit twice. Yeah. Like when it happens with, with Exiao... At least she's like, well, I can keep so much distance between me and the enemies. Like, I'm only hitting them for a couple of hit points of damage each. But at least she's not dying. With with Goro and his fucking stupid, obnoxious, over-the-top shoulder swing mallet that takes forever to land, enemies are just teeing off on you in the time it takes you to land one hit with this mallet, which isn't strong enough to fucking kill anybody. And I died on that level where you have to play as him so many times and normally in this game when one of your characters gets killed if you have a, an item called stand in power 
or powder, you can switch to another member of your team and keep playing. If you have no members left to switch to, or you don't have this powder, you have to give up half of your gold to leave the dungeon and go back to the temple. When you're on these levels where you can't switch characters, if you die, you just lose half your gold and go back to town. And I was stuck on this fucking level with Goro trying to find a key to get out. And I died over and over and over. And every time I died, it took half my money. But I was using all my resources to try to keep Goro alive. And I was messaging you because I hit a point where I had no healing (laughs) items left, no money to buy healing items, nothing to sell. And I keep going into this level with Goro. And I was like, this might be it. And the only reason I beat it was because I finally got lucky and the first enemy I killed had the key to get out of the level and then I found the exit and got out. What a stupid character. Frankly, I think the whole idea of those levels where you have to play as your new character suck in general. But Goro, Goro is the most useless pile of fuck I've ever played out of him. Like I would play Mario RPG on a Mallow only run before I fucking played with Goro again. And if he's in Dark Cloud 2, everyone keeps telling me Dark Cloud 2 is better. If Goro is in Dark Cloud 2, I'm never playing it. Lock that shit in. I am never playing it. Fuck him. I don't think any of the characters in the first game are in the second, so don't lock that shit in just yet. Fuck him. I hate him so, so much. Are we done? Like He's fucking useless. Like like, You've said pretty much everything I feel about him. uh, Every... RPG always has that one useless character and Goro just it's all of them put together. Yeah. Like if he dude, like, he, like I said, like he's just, he's supposed to be this big strong man. Like at least like make him make his hits, like make his, make him strong. Like or, if he's big and slow speed like, to his hammer, like those speed yeah. talents to his hammer, make his hammer swing faster. Fucking useless piece of shit. Fortunately, you make up for that because in the next level you get Ruby, who's this like genie, and her magic power or her attack is she wears rings that like shoot uh, magic out of them. And like you said, she's just a much stronger Ixayao. Uh And she she became my ace. Like I she, I was using her ninety nine percent of the game. She's so yeah. powerful. And like you develop two of her rings and then like have a couple of strong elements on them, and she's untouchable. She's yeah, just you a have to have the elements too because her. Uh ability to unlock her locked door is to shoot that element out of crystal so really motivates you to you know get those rings built up there and it just pays off in the end because she becomes an absolute beast through the rest of the game she's a she's the best for my money she's the best character in the game yeah you find these you find these crystals uh that are tied to one of five different elements and she has to shoot one with her rings and so it forces you to level up a couple of different elements and she's just i everything i hate about goro i love about ruby like she's the best character. I fucking love her. Yeah, range um, attack strong, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can just like I I never died with her because I just kept distance and just kept fucking hand. Like she was killing everybody in the last dungeon. Like just everybody, just fucking them all up. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And then in the next level, you get um. Fuck. What is it? Ungaga. 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 Who, for my money, is just Goro's uncle. He's just a slightly less shitty Goro. Yeah, and what um, was funny about him is uh. When I got to the boss on that level, uh, what's it called? Uskalaka there. Uh, all I did is stood there and used Ungaga's ability to spin his bow staff and make that wind. And the enemy yeah. just kept running into it till he died. Oh, really? Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was just like um, way too easy for how far in the game I was. But you know what? I was happy at that point. 
I honestly, dude, I found minus. So I never got to the final boss, and I'll explain why. Uh, you know why, but I'll explain why later. Um, I, I didn't find any of the bosses in this game particularly challenging at all. Like they were all, I found them all very simple. Um, I like not, and I'm not complaining because I hate boss fights. But I, the boss, like the dungeons, were so much harder than the bosses were. Yeah, except end. for the one you have to use Goro to hit. Yeah, oh, I didn't. I killed him with uh, Exio. Oh, did you? Uh, I just kept that that giant monkey. It, yeah. it. I went through like five slingshots. I just kept my distance and like hit him for like five HP every time. Oh, and uh, and I won that. I just I played it like a bitch. It took me like ten minutes. <laughs> but I was like, I will give Goro the satisfaction because he's such a useless piece of shit. Um. So yeah, Ungaga's got like a bow staff, and he swings it like like Goro does, and it's not nearly as slow or shitty as Goro's, but then his other abilities, you can hold attack, and then he like spins his staff and makes like a hurricane, and it's a cool idea, but the only problem I found with it is that it drains your weapon energy like super fast. Then you can't move again. You're kind of stuck in that spot, and, it, and when you let go of the button, it's not instantaneous to stop, so you're kind of fucked for a minute while you uh, stand yeah. there and your character resets. Yeah, if you don't kill the enemy, they're probably going to get a shot in on you. Um, and then in the final one you get is, uh, oh, oh, fuck. What's his name? Osmond. Osmond. Yeah. Osmond. Um, I always want to say Oswald, like Pat Oswald. That's, that's what comes to my mind. <laughs> Osmond. Who's like this cool little robot and he has like machine gun weapons and, and the, the, the weapons are neat. But again, I found the same issue I found with, uh, Ongaga was I was trying to watch the, and, we'll, and we haven't explained the weapon energy yet. We'll explain that in a second, but um, I was constantly, I'm trying to look at the enemies I'm attacking with my machine gun while also trying to keep an eye on my weapon energy at the same time. And I just found that like, I don't understand that weapon energy system period, but I just found it hard to really do a ton of damage with them. Cause I was constantly worried I was going to run my weapon down to nothing. Yeah. Um, you got them so late in the game too, that it wasn't worth grinding by that point. Cause you had, you know, Ruby already like, uh, titsed out there to the max. Yeah. Yeah, basically you have Ruby for your distance attacks and then Toen for your close combat. And everybody else is just there. The one thing that Osman brought to the table, though, was that he flies. And so it completely eliminated the need for Exio because yeah. instead of having to jump over holes with her, which meant I had to pause the game, go find her, bring it back, get her in the right position for the action button to appear for me to jump over this fucking hole, I could just play to Osmond and just fly around the entire map. That that's I I moved with him 90% of the time and then switched to either Ruby or Toen to fight once I got him because he's so convenient to move around the map with. I don't think I ever actually used him. I used him when I had to, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's your six, like that's your six, your six characters. Now this weapon energy thing that we were, that we've been kind of talking about, um, your weapons, your fucking weapons have permadeath. And for all of you that are complaining about like breath of the wild or tears of the kingdom and the durability of your weapons and how fast they break in this game, your weapons all have like HP basically. And every time you use them, some of that disappears. And if it runs down to zero, your weapon shatters and it's gone. But the the problem is that like in Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild, you're like, oh, I lost the twig. It's it's a good thing I have like eight more sticks. In this game, dude, you might have spent the entire game building up like Toen's sword that you're using. And then because you fell asleep at the wheel and didn't use a repair kit on your weapon, uh, it 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 shatters its permadeath like in a fire emblem game. 
but for your weapon. And then it becomes, that's one of the reasons this game took me so fucking long because there was so many instances where one of my weapons would fucking break. And I was like, well, now I have to decide, do I want to reset and go back to my last save so I still have my good weapon or do I want to go back and grind another fucking weapon back up to it again? Why? Do you, can you explain to me why having health on your weapon is a good idea at all? I don't understand it. I hate it. It's not a good idea, but I always kept an auto repair powder on my uh, quick list there. I did too. Because there's times when I would swing the sword, like I'd hit the button twice and the sword would go down to the last hit point. And then for some reason it caught that second button press and it would smash the sword. And then I'm like you, I don't grind to get a new sword. I restart my uh, save file and do the dungeon over again. Yeah. Because, you know, you spend a long time like, this uh, swords I had, like I'd build it up to the point I could turn it into an orb and then you'd put it on another sword, which would boast, uh, boost that power of the sword. Yeah. And you would do it again and again and again. And when you, if you lost your powerful sword, you had nothing left. Yeah. You can like, cause you can like stack your weapons. Like once you're, once you level up a weapon, cause every time you use a weapon, it has HP, but it also has like experience points. And once you level it up to the point where you can, uh, you attach like badges to your weapons that give them additional, you know, ups their, their, their strength or their magic or whatever. Uh, and then once they, once they reach like their maximum experience points, you can bind those badges to them permanently and then attach new badges. The holes open back up. And then once you level a weapon up enough times, you can actually turn the weapon into like a badge and then attach it to a new weapon and stack all those abilities on. And you can get some fucking, like by the end of the game, my sword for Toan and my rings for Ruby were fucking lights out like they were beast mode fucking weapons but yeah like if you if i had lost my sword with tone there was no i'm not it'll take me five hours to make another one of these like i'm gonna have to reset i don't understand why anybody thought that was a good idea especially when you can't save any fucking time you want you have to leave the dungeon yeah so like if you fucking lose your like if you're on a run in the dungeon and you're like i have lots of supplies it takes time to leave the dungeon every time. I'm like, let me, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to get through one more floor. I'm going to get through one more floor. I'm going to get through one more floor. And then something goes wrong and I fucking lose my sword. And you're right. You can have these auto repair uh, powders that you can put into your, like your quick use items. And then if you, if you're using your weapon and you run out of health with it, it'll automatically use that. But dude, there's a few enemies, especially toward the end of the game where I found like three or four swings with my sword and it was down to nothing anyways. And I, I, if you're just like you're into combat and you're not paying attention, maybe you already used your auto repair powder and you forgot to put another one up there or something. You're fucked. Your sword just broke. And it's like, I can't do anything now. All I have left are three starting swords, but I haven't been able to. It should have given you the option to save in the dungeons or to save between every floor as opposed to having to, to fucking leave. Your weapons. What's that? Or a different way to upgrade your weapons. Like if you went back to town and spent the uh, points you built up on the weapon to upgrade it there and then. You could spend money to buy stuff. I don't know. There, there's you, probably no, a better yes. way to do it. You, dude, if you if one of your weapons, if your most powerful sword breaks, you should be able to go back out to town and pay like a thousand dollars at the store to get it back. Yeah, exactly. Like repair it. It's fucking it's 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 like permadeath in Fire Emblem or something, but the difference is in Fire Emblem, you can see it coming if one of your characters dies. You probably fucked up. It's chess. You gotta relearn your game. In this, you're just fighting enemies. And dude, sometimes it gets going where it's hectic. And you got a bunch of enemies coming at you at once and you're just trying to fight. I should, I'm already trying to focus on my fucking thirst, on my fucking health points, on how many more fucking alpha bubble things I got to fucking get, where the other enemies are coming from. I do not need to constantly be watching the fucking hit points 
of my fucking sword. I just thought it was a stupid, frankly, of all the things other than Goro, that was the thing that bothered me the most about this fucking game was that weapon HP system. I wasn't a big fan of the weapons altogether. I mean, the uh, items you put on the weapons, they didn't do a lot of good to them. Like you'd put on special badges that would uh, be good against specific enemies, but I never noticed any real big difference on those enemies when I had the badges on it. So it just felt like a tedious exercise, but you needed to put those on because if you're ever going to build the ultimate sword there, you have to have like just completely maxed out stats on everything. Yeah. That's what I was going for at first until I just kind of gave up with it. So. Admit agreed. And admittedly, like, and I want to make sure I make this clear. Uh, I'm not a big fan of customizing my weapons to begin with. Like Final Fantasy 10, you can do that and stuff. I'm I don't particularly enjoy doing that stuff. So take my complaining about that part with a grain of salt. Cause some people love constantly tweaking their gear and all that. Like, and if you like it. This game, you might enjoy this a lot, but that fucking uh, constantly breaking weapons thing with no with no forgiveness if your one good weapon breaks is fucking obnoxious. Yeah. I hated it. Um, and then in addition to watching your health and in addition to leveling up your fucking weapons, you also get thirsty, which... If you run out of water, you either have to drink some water, find a fountain, or your health starts to deteriorate. I it, I never died because I ran out of water. It just it was just an inconvenience. I just found it annoying. It was just I, an inconvenience. I have no idea why they put that in the game. It, it doesn't serve any purpose. It just adds an unnecessary element to the game that you have to watch and monitor. And it, yeah, I never just, ran out yeah. of uh, or like once I used all the gourds i never got over thirsty or whatever there was always a fountain in one or two dungeon levels yeah always fill everybody up and it was just kind of uh pointless i had water on my items just in case but i never used it no it was it was just it was just annoying i'm like because that's all what happened is like you'd start the game out with like three water like your you have like this little meter under your health meter uh with water bottles on it and when all your water bottles run down to zero you either need to use a water item you need to leave the dungeon or you need to find a fountain and step in it. And then you'll get all your water and your health back. And if you don't, then your health just slowly starts to deteriorate because you're out of water. And it's like, there's already dude, I don't know about you, but like, I felt like throughout this entire game, I was never at a point where I could take more than three, four, maybe, maybe five hits from an enemy before one of my characters would die anyways. Yeah. Um, pretty much the same. Right. So like they're already already killing you and you have to go fight them to find the keys to get out of the fucking dungeons. Uh, and I'm also trying to worry about my weapons and making sure they don't run out of energy. And I'm also fucking trying to. Oh, my God. All this other shit is like, do I really need this fucking thirst meter here? All that happens is, yeah, it's just it never kills you. It's just an inconvenience. It's like Grand Theft Auto. Fuck, whichever one it was where you had to make sure you work out and stuff uh san andreas where you have to like swim and like i i know it's not the same but it's like this should not be here this is just a nuisance like this is not you're not there's nothing fun about this system it's just no, frustrating 100 pointless in the entire game it yeah it just does nothing to enhance it it's not dangerous when you're uh thirsty it's it's just completely yeah. pointless it's just annoying fucking and then you you run into random levels uh, in these dungeons where it says, oh, your thirst is increased here. 
and fucking then you're out of water in like eight seconds. And so like you have to find where the fountains are and then you're constantly running back to these fucking fountains. And it's just and that's where Goro comes into play because you just choose him and run around until he dies and then totally. switch to one of your useful characters. Yeah. Fucking useless piece of shit. Ah, trying to think like. I know that I've, I've I know I've been very rough on this game. But because we're going to kind of we're starting to get ready to wrap this down. But like if you like weapon customization, there's a lot of options here. And I looked up some guides and stuff and like, oh, I want to explain why I never fought the final boss too. But I looked up some guides here to, to like just look at and like some people know these weapons inside and out. It looks like you could build some pretty fucking badass weapons if you're willing to put the time into grinding and patching them and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I looked up uh, some weapons guides as well and i was trying for that like ultimate weapon i can't remember what it's called but it's um like it would take probably another 20 hours just to build your weapon up just to get it yeah and by then you're so strong you're just gonna beat the game anyway so uh or you won't you know what yeah let's do that and then i'll t- and then i'll end this by talking about the stuff i like so we end on a good note if anyone's wondering because you said you did beat this game right yeah i i i posted screenshots on my social media, I wanted to show everybody. I put just under 30 hours into this game. Please don't think I didn't try. One of the last levels of the last dungeon, you're forced to play as each individual member of your party one level at a time. So first you have to play as XIL, then you got to play as Goro, then you got to play as Ruby and so on. And I didn't know that was coming. And I had not been using Goro because he was so fucking useless and I hated him. And then once I got to this fucking one of the final three or four levels in the game and the only character I'm allowed to play as is Goro, none of his weapons are leveled up. His fucking health hasn't been leveled up. And I'm just getting two-shotted by enemies that are super strong. And I couldn't, and there's literally no way past it other than to beat that level with Goro. And then I finally got lucky on a run and got the, the, the key to get out of the level on the very first enemy I killed. But then it turns out the exit to the fucking level was behind a door that I needed another key for. So that I had to go fight 20 enemies that I'd run past. And the second one killed me again. And this was this afternoon. And I was like, I messaged you and I was like, bro, I'm sorry. I do not have time for this anymore. I'm not going back to grind up Goro. I'm tapping out. I got to say, dude, and I want to know what you think as you said you beat this game. I have to say, quite frankly, I think it was such a stupid decision to let people play right to the end of the game and then throw five levels in where you have to play as the five optional characters that you might not have played as. If they had just scaled the enemies loosely to wherever your characters were, I would have had no problem with it. But for them to all be like the most powerful enemies in the game, and I've got useless fat tit fucking Goro with his stupid frozen fish hammer that doesn't do anything. I'm so fucked. Fuck, I hate that guy. I fucking hate that guy. Did you, what did, like, was the end good? Like, I know I was close. Is, is it, like, what do you, where, sh- fuck, fuck him. Go well, ahead, like, I need a minute. Like, like you said at the beginning, uh, you don't want to uh, spoil the ending, but it's funny because after you do all that and you're getting all the Atla and all that stuff and you, you pump through those levels with the character, optional characters, you start <sighs> getting into the story of, how everything came to be and why you're actually at that last level, it turns into a really good story. And the last boss is kind of a dickhole of a boss, but once you beat him and you get the ending there, it, 
kind of makes you wonder why they didn't take this story and stretch it through the whole game. Yeah, agreed. It's, um, I like I don't want to ruin what it is because, like you said, you want people to play the game, but it's just basically a character you meet very early on in the game. Um, well, his name is Seta, the white-haired guy you meet in the first dungeon before you get the cat. He looks like oh, that's he looks like Wish.com Sephiroth. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> he does he looks uh, like a he looks like a shitty anyway go ahead i'm sorry everybody's wish.com something in this game it is true it is it's a wish.com game go ahead anyways they don't explain who he is at the beginning of the game but he's actually the like very important character when it comes to near the end of the game and his story really is the story that the whole game should be revolving around like he should be showing up everywhere and feeding you little pieces of this story yeah up until it uh you know, it comes to the end there and then you come to the conclusion. But what they did is they hammered it all into these little cut scenes that you get from the Atla in the last dungeon and shoehorned it in right before you fight the final boss. Yeah, there's no reason there couldn't have been like a 90 second cut scene between each town, like keeping you drive like, oh, OK, like I was like, I don't know if I'm that invested in this game. Here's another scene just to let you know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like give you the, like, the, the breadcrumb trail. Instead, they yeah. just, they're like, if you can if you can find your way through this forest with no breadcrumbs, then we'll give you the whole loaf of the stale bread that Goro fucking ate because he's, fuck, I hate him. He fucking sucks. I fucking, fuck, I hate him. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you get, did you, did you have any trouble with that level, the Goro-centric level? Like, oh, it's so time. random, right? Like, it depends on what yeah. map you get. You could get lucky. I just, I didn't. I don't remember going through the level particularly, but I think I just kind of had one of those good runs and I just Ugh. managed to get out of there pretty quickly. Fucking useless piece of shit. But anyway. I did have a better hammer and it was a little bit leveled up for me. So I, I did have a little bit of an easier time. I just fucking hate how slow he swings. He's so useless. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I've never played Dark Cloud and you are thinking about it. And I, and I want to say like, it's there's some redeemable and like, and that's what I want to wrap up on is some nice stuff. Uh, if you do decide to play it, I implore you, I know Goro sucks and I know Ungaga is not anything to write home about. Use all your characters at least a little bit. Try to level up some of their weapons because yeah, you're going to need them at the end of the game. And don't be like me and spend 30 hours of your fucking life playing this game only to realize you're fucked because you've got this useless sack of tits well, on your fucking kind of roster. Like, it's what? That's kind of the game's fault. It really should have... Um... Oh, it's the game's gonna, fault. Yeah. It's I'm the gonna, game's fault. I'm not going to say I'm not that, taking the fucking blame you, for this. But it should uh it should guide you into kind of wanting to use these characters, but it really doesn't. It's just like, hey, now you got the Ruby. She's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. Or like I said, if it had just scaled the enemies to be loosely around your level, that would have been fine too. But like fuck anyways. Anyway, fuck me. <laughs> okay, so like I know I've been hard on this game, but like I want to just say, I, I underneath all the shit that I've thrown on this game, like there's a cool concept. I see why some people like this game. I think the randomly designed dungeons is a cool idea. I think the building the puzzle, the cities back and trying to solve the puzzles of them is a cool idea. Uh, if you like customizing your weapons, there's a lot of customization there. Like you said, dude, it's kind of not super important, but yeah, it's, a, it's it's a cool idea. Um, I, I think there. I played the yeah I think I played the PS4 port uh, on my PS5 but like I actually thought it was a pretty decent looking game. The music's good, albeit it gets kind of repetitive. 
Oh, way repetitive. <laughs> like I ended up, I actually binged about two seasons of King of the Hill while I was playing this game. Uh, yeah, I, I had played it with on... the volume down because I couldn't stand the uh, just the constant repetition of the music in the dungeons. Yeah, agreed. But uh, but like the first time you hear the music, it's pretty good in yeah. most of the levels. Uh, it's it's a game with its charm. It's got some charm, and I think, dude, if it just if it was a little bit more balanced, if Goro wasn't such a useless sack of shit, uh, and if they were just a little bit give you a get a, give you an option to get your weapons back or let me save between each level if i could just do because every time you finish a level in a dungeon you're allowed to go to the next level of the dungeon or go back to the town but then when you come back into the dungeon you can start on any level you've unlocked including the one you just left on so i don't understand why they could have simply thrown in a third option that would save your game there like if I could have just saved my game before each floor, and I guess you could argue that maybe that would be game breaking because the levels are randomly generated, and if you were to load a save, you you like you're like, oh, this is a bad run for me. I'm gonna load my save. But yeah, I would have dungeons preferred... can be relatively short as well. Yeah, they can be. Um, I would have preferred that over losing the weapon I've spent twenty hours building up, and then realizing I haven't saved in six floors, and I have to do those six floors again. Uh, yeah, and I, I imagine something like if you save between floors and you uh, go back to that save file, kicking you back one floor would be the punishment enough. Yeah, agreed. It, fuck, anyway. It's, it's like I said it off the top. It was a game where like I had moments where I was really not hating it and I was like starting to run. But then every time, have you ever seen that meme where the dude's riding the bike and then he reaches down and puts the stick into the spokes? <laughs> yeah. That was how I felt playing Dark Cloud. I would like every time my bike started to move, I would except it wasn't me putting the stick in there. It was fucking dark cloud. Fuck me. Um, fuck me. Fuck Goro. Fuck. Goro is maybe my <laughs> least favorite character ever. Why? I hope he's dead. I hope something ate him. I fucking hate that guy. Uh, he's living uh, happily in the woods right now. No, I hope that fucking his own town kicked him out because they were like, <laughs> dude, you never do anything. You're useless. Oh, fuck. Are you good? Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, you've pretty much summed up the entire game. Fucking I'll, I'll just say one thing. I always felt this game did a lot of stuff good, but nothing great. Yeah. There's a, like I say, and and I know I hear you. I have gotten so many messages from people being like, "Play Dark Cloud 2, maybe someday." I right now, Dark Cloud is in Metal Gear Solid 2 uh era for me, where I'm like, "You you hurt me." And you're not, I'm not letting you back in the house. We'll see how Metal Gear Solid 3 goes. Yeah. It took about 20 years for me to finally play Metal Gear Solid 3. Uh, I'm going to be starting that next. Maybe, maybe in 20 years, I will give Dark Cloud another try. As long as Goru is not in it. Um, <laughs> so we need to score this thing. And uh, unless you've got like, I really wanted to score it out of one and just say that's how many times Goro was useful. But, <laughs> but but then I thought to myself, like, if I had the option, I would kill Goro 500 times. I'm not kidding. I, I, would, I would watch him die 500 times. So unless you have a better score, we're scoring it out of 500 Goro deaths. No, I think 500 is good. All right. Then Captain N, out of 500 dead Goros, how many dead Goros are you giving Dark Cloud? I would give this probably 250. Unless right. dead Goros means more we use. Oh yeah, I guess then it might no, you know, because I don't want to make it that complicated. I'm not smart. <laughs> You're right. In hindsight, like 500 to 500 would be the best score because it'd be all the dead Goro. But no, go ahead. Uh, so okay, so you're giving it 250. 
Yeah, two fifty. Like I said, it does a lot of stuff good, but nothing really well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I yeah, I like, like it doesn't feel. The Go town ahead. building's really fun. That's where it gets most of its points. Uh, the dungeons are passable. There's yeah. nothing to write home about. The story at the end was uh, pretty good. Like I said, I just wish they really used that for the whole game. Yeah. So, but there's so much that's tedious, like the weapons or the not being able to move when you swing your weapon, that kind of stuff that kind of knocks it right down to the middle. Yeah, it's... Fuck. I'm like... Like, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, is it bad enough for me to, like, give it a failing score? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't like it. You know what? Okay. I want to make sure I make this clear. If I'm scoring it just based on, like, unobjectively forget how much I enjoyed it, what do I think of the game, I'm probably giving it around 250, 275. But of my personal enjoyment, I'm I'm giving it, like, I don't know, fucking 150, 175. It was... There's not... There's a... There's a good game idea buried under a very frustrating, repetitive, tedious game. Uh, it's it's a really good piece of bread with bad toppings on it. There. Yeah. It's a really it's a good piece sandwich. of meat. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shit sandwich. And like a shit sandwich is just a great piece of bread until you poop on it. And <laughs> Goro is the poop, as is the broken weapons and the oh, thirst meter. Demon turd. Yeah, fuck. Fuck me. Fuck me. Anyway. If you love Dark Cloud, I'm sorry. I fucking don't like your game. I'm sorry. You don't have to like my games. Tell me Last of Us sucks. I get comments that just... People just randomly tell me The Last of Us sucks all the time. And I'm like, I guess you don't like it. That's okay. I do. Like, I didn't make it. You're not going to hurt my feelings. And so <laughs> don't get upset because I don't like your game. You didn't make it. If you were, And if you did, yo, if you're a developer of this game and you're listening to this... I'll have you on the show. Fucking reach out to me. I'll have you on the show. Oh, what the fuck? Hour long of you yelling about what the yeah, fuck about Goro. I'll have somebody quit this fucking industry. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Captain N, buddy, as I'm sure I mentioned during the intro, you got on here because uh, uh, you were one of four people that uh, really helped out my 24 hour stream last year. So I want to say thank you for your generosity and do something good for the kids. And thank you for your patience because that stream was in the middle of November. And it is May 26th as we're recording this. And there's still three to go after you. So fuck me. I suck. I am the goal row of podcasting. But thank <laughs> you for, for your patience and your generosity, man. I, I appreciate it. Oh, uh, anytime, buddy. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. Was it though? Was oh, it? Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. I, I, yeah. I love to hear you rip apart the my favorite game. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like he's gonna just like log off and like throw out his PlayStation. Oh uh, fuck. Uh talking to you buddy thanks for doing this man that was fun. all right thanks That is going to do it for this week's episode. Captain N, thank you not only for giving me a call and talking Dark Cloud, but for your generous donation to the Stollery Children's Hospital here in Edmonton as part of my 24-hour stream last year. I uh, appreciate it very, very much. And like I said, we do have three more of those episodes coming up from our four generous, generous sons of bitches uh, that uh, paid $1,000 each to take care of sick kids to talk about video games with a sick man being me. It's sick. Anyway, uh, thank you. Captain N as always. And of course, thank you listener for listening. Cause whether this was your first, remember the game, your 251st, remember the game, maybe your 78th, remember the game, whatever number at some point you've decided to give our show a shot. And I appreciate it very much. If you didn't hate it, maybe leave us a good review. Would you They're free? 
I don't know what they accomplished, but the good shows ask for them. So bet your ass that's what we're going to do as well. And if you want more of these, patreon.com slash remember the game. Subscriptions start at $2 a month. You get two extra shows a week. For $5 a month, you can get yourself up to four shows in a week. In addition to remember the game, all those shows are ad free. Uh, you can submit comments to be read on them. You can download all those episodes onto your phone. There's fucking hundreds of bonus podcasts just waiting for you to listen to. Plus some of that money gets donated to charity. Plus you can vote in our polls and join our discord and everything. And most importantly, you keep the bills on around here and keep our CEO Molly in, um, well, she didn't really eat dog treats, but you keep her in kibble anyways. And really, Kibble is the name of the game. So patreon.com slash remember the game if you want to support us. We also have a P.O. box. You can find that address at remember the game Don't send me big stuff. Just send me a postcard, a letter. Let me know where you're listening. I'll send you one back. I'm pretty slow at replying. It can take a couple of months, but I will get back to you. We'll be friends. And you can find me over on the old Twitch, twitch.tv slash remember the game whenever I feel like getting on there. Throw me a follow. It's free. It'll tell you what I'm on there, and you can come by and tell me why I'm wrong about your favorite video game that's it everybody i am gonna get this edited and uploaded if you're hearing it i pulled it off i will be back tomorrow for all of our patrons with expansion pass 164 looking back at 250 episodes of remember the game friday will be game patch 140 something we'll be talking about all the biggest news in gaming and i'll be back a week from right now with remember the game 252 which 60 percent chance will be about nba jam i need to i still have to get a hold of my buddy and see if we can get that recording set up and stuff i don't know what it'll be yet but maybe man maybe nba jam all right i'm gonna thank some patrons and get out of here thanks a lot everybody talk to you on the next one cheers so long goodbye Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I turn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the senior executive vice president level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I'm contractually obligated to say their names as quickly as possible. So from newest to oldest, uh, not age. I mean, maybe uh, that'd be the craziest coincidence ever if it was by age. But in order of uh, when you sign up for Patreon, a huge thank you to... Johnny Flores Jr., Big Daddy Randall, I see Wiener, Scissor Fist, Elephant Calves, Preston Dylan Tourette, Cody Thompson, Robinson Dick Whittles, Liquor Like Luigi, Fill Up My Mouth With Farts, Pickin' Hat, Cesar, Plow King, Buy Me Bone Storm, or Go To Hell, Mad Zeus, Bula, Glue Scappin, Super Nintendo Chalmers, Blobby Rogers, Devilish Saint, Brian Richmond, Sabin, 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 Robbie Air, Jay Callahan, Adam Blank Still Hasn't Reviewed Mario Galaxy, Wild Card, Shoeboxers, Atriu Wormwood, Raging Irish, That One Kid, Josh, Mark Sneed, E-Man Trucker, Dill Pickle Rick, Fallen Snow Kiku, Tyler Bauer, It's OG, Brandon Helmheckle, Hired Goons, Who Be Money, Mellow Yellow 8787, Robbie DLC, Benjamin Atkins, Tristan Anderson, Faded Sufferance, Alex Ramos, Sour Goatface, Max Sandin, Frosty Bear, Brian Weber, Lord Longrod Von Hugendong II, Digital Dave, Because 19, Shorzy, Kevin Monroe, Dr. Nightmare 23, The Big Deal, Nafe, Adam Martinet, Nick Creature, West Gen, Postman, Darth Skywalker, Solomon Soto, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Ichi Nutsuru, Lucas Valadez, that, I almost said Lickis, Lickass, I almost said li woo, Lucas Valadez. Uh, it's the Bigfoot, Alex R, Ryan Perry, Ted Explosion, Neil Cooper, Alexander Camps, Dakota Guy, Heman Demon, Works For Me, Knife Goes In, Guts Come Out, Kia Pup, Brandon DeZeba, Bobby Litton, Oh My God It Froze, Chris Lovin, Big The Cat, Zamatos, Cam Nelly 23, Quiet Place Queen, Burt Macklin, Trevor McKee, Mark But Not McHugh, Bulma Simp, Arctic Vision, Hitchy Poo, Michael Barjudina, Beef Dingleberry, Timothy Sabrinsky, John M. Watkins, Ah My Foot, Graham Kennedy, Musty Beetle, Maverick Marty, Christian Gabriel, Brian Neese, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Isaiah, Squeak Nut, Sleeper Hit, Colin Bollinger, The Fletchman, Nerdy Hybrid, Donnie the Dude Walter, Sam Carpenter, 
Twitter. Drugs Ben okay. Daniel DeVore, Matt Hamilton, John of the Adult Children Podcast, John James Juan Francesco, current Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, Max Lagroom, them boys on the roof, General Fury, Cody Richardson, Nicole Aldena, Iroku Saki's Gardener. Chris Williams, Joe Stone, Jimothy Kayach, Esteban Navarro, High Plains Drifter, Hago Waffle, Antonio Echeverria, Bucky the Beagle Herder, Scary Terry, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Wyatt the Surgeon Who's Not a Surgeon Row, A Dude Named Adam, Decoy Man, Fuzzy99, Dan Fuselman, Gabe, Stud Still Smash, DB Cooper, Sean Ramos, Evolva, Leroy Westrich, Nikola, Thomas Smith, C-Spin, Beaver Boy, Laces Out Dan, Biddy, Thomas Childs, Jake Carter, Nick, Amo- Nick Amos, Eric James, Ruben Elizal, Joe the Sandman, Phil Lencher, Jacob Adams, Mizuru, Steve Dalk, Jameer Williams, DBXJ, Ray San Wontonga, John Ray Pram, Stephen Parnell, Elijah Burns, Chugger22, Triple, Frosty Feet 492, Chris Dickin, Ballsack Teabagger, Zach Shepard, Holmes, Denzalo, Super Dad Bros Podcast, Poop Q, Just a Fish, Randy Barrage, John Woodruff, Tunable Power, Daniel, Captain N, Jeff Bergeron, Russell Aldridge, Zonko504, Titan420, Squints, Joel LeBlanc, Johnny CCDC, Wolf Magic 21 Doogie, Andy Hudson, Sam Wright, Wolfgang Darren, Mercury869, G9PSX, Mike Malone, Ryan Kinchin, Zane Donovan, Morgan, A-Town, Nathan Tromblay, Aaron Lawson, Scott Brooks, No One Cares, Dave Thompson, Angry Ticks, Fraser Burns, Jordan, Andrew Wright, Chris Fleury, Doug Dorn, Slick Rick, Dan of DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, James Clark, The Keegs, Andre Sharonic, Joe Buck, and makeshift magic motherfucking money. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you all in the next one. Cheers. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. <laughs>